and we're back with more Sunday Sports Central. Welcome back into Sunday Sports Central, live here from the 881 The Berg Studios, Peyton Barron's Austin Lane, Will Ortner, Jordan Riley Payne, and Miles King. It's 1018 right now. We just went over the huge first round top 10 draft as the Seahawks ended up trading back, which I thought was a very smart move what they did. We're going to start jumping into the Seahawks, but first, right now, let's get a score update. Game 7, Cavaliers Pacers. If you are DVRing the game at home, plug your ears right now. I'll give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Cavaliers right now up 9-2 to two, about halfway through the first quarter. Pacers off to a slow start. Also, if you're wondering, Mariners game just started. Mariners got a runner on first with one out in the top of the first. Guys, let's jump into some Seahawks talk here where Seahawks ended up having the 18th pick in the draft, traded with Green Bay to then acquire a third-round pick, which I love the Seahawks not having a second or a third-round pick in this draft. I thought it was very smart to go back, but then they go back to 27. They pick up Rashad Penny. I hated this pick yeah, immediately, yeah, but the more and more I, I listen, the more and more I read, the more and more I talk about it, I might like this pick a little more. Miles, you seem to have have uh, some emotions about this pick. What do you think about the Rashad Penny pick? I kind of question why they went for a running back in the first round. Uh, John Schneider has repeatedly, I've heard him say a couple times, other teams were calling us trying to trade for this guy. Uh, but I think there's more pressing needs here, uh, such as receiver or even O-lineman. Uh, a lot of the times the, the Seahawks like to draft O-linemen later in the, in the later rounds, and those guys don't always work out. I think that for the most part, the, the, the O-linemen that work out in the drafts are the first-round guys. And so I really think the Seahawks probably should have targeted somebody there. Yes, and I definitely agree with you on that because that has been one of the Seahawks' struggles, you know, our offensive line, you know, producing. Like, I feel like we could have got a better running back in the later rounds, and we should have basically worked at what we're missing, meaning O-linemen in defense. So I feel like the Hawks made a bold pick but I mean Pete Carroll you know he's a genius so we'll see what he does and everything happens for a reason I have two things to touch on before I pass this over to Will uh one is that one of the biggest things in the NFL draft is pick value I I take that into serious consideration consideration with every pick for the Seahawks to trade down to the number 27 overall pick in the first round you have serious pick value right there getting a spot at the end of the first round is big for your team, and I just don't think they capitalized on the pick value that they had at their hands. You know, They could have done so many different things with this pick, and they went with Rashad Penny, who wasn't even the best running back on the board. I would say, you know, why didn't they take uh, Steven Geis? So, and my second thing was exactly that. Even if you are going to take a running back, sure, I guess if we need a running back, take a running back, but I wouldn't take him here. I would have taken him later. And still, even if you were going to take a running back here, why not go with Darius Geis? Um, so... That's all I see the problem with the Seahawks. You know, we haven't had a good draft since, like, 2012 or 2013, so I really hope this pick pays off, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, so for me here, this is just a really weird pick. Um, and it's nothing against Rashad Penny. The dude's an animal. You just go out and you look at his stats. He led the whole FBS last year in rushing yards over 2,000. Uh, he was the all-Mountain West player of the year. He's a great player, and he's a good running back. My issue always boils down to into the trenches. And when you look at it, what is Seattle known for struggling with? Their O-line. They can't They can't pass pro. They can't run. I don't necessarily know if the running backs last year were really bad or if it was just the O-line is that terrible. It's really hard to win games when you have a power forward playing left tackle. So when I look at this pick, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
because you can't run the ball without an O-line. So I don't understand why they didn't go O-line here, and I don't really understand why in the whole draft they only drafted one tackle. It's like they're banking on going out and picking up guys and just banking on their coaching ability and that they can move guys and change guys around to be superstar O-linemen, which they haven't proven that they could do aside from J.R. Sweezy, who was a D-lineman turned O-lineman, and even he is an average offensive lineman. Their best O-linemen were Max Unger, and Russell Okung on that uh, championship team. Those are guys they drafted in the first round. High picks. So I agree with Miles. I don't understand this pick. It doesn't make any sense to me. While I do agree that he's a good player, and I hope he does well, I just I don't get it. I don't get the penny pick. You know, and I want the offensive line to be so much better. I don't want to have a power forward in George Fant on our offensive line. I want Tom Cable to stop trying to make our offensive line a bunch of science experiments because <laughs> that's, that's really what the offensive line is. This Rashad Penny pick, the reason why I don't like it is because taking a running back out of the Mountain West, the, I, I understand that he led the FBS in rushing yards, but it it's the Mountain West. He played at San Diego State. He didn't – you know, I want to go get a running back out of the SEC if we're going to pick up a running back. Sony Michelle's still on the board. I'm, I, I, I'm – which was a great pickup by New England, anyways. But the penny pick, I don't know. This guy seems to be a beast in some shoulder pads. Six foot, 220. He had six kick return touchdowns. Uh, I think he had one punt return touchdown on the only punt return that he had of the season. He kept begging his coaches to let him punt return. They said, no, we don't want to have you out there for 30 carries, doing kick returns and punt returns. But then they let him out there for one punt return, and he housed it. So, I don't know. This guy seems to be a decent threat that the Seahawks can bring. But, yeah, like you said, the running backs aren't the problem last season. I don't think that the running backs are what kept us from running the ball. It's the fact that, you know, we have nobody to to to, to protect. Yeah. We can't create lanes. Our offensive line honestly didn't know which way to push the defensive line. <laughs> it, w- it was atrocious to watch. And that's why Russell got sacked as many times as he did. I think that was what probably the most he's probably got sacked in his career. Would you guys say last season? It was yeah, the most he got hit so, or hit. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, the O line ranked thirty second in the league in yeah, all so legitimate categories for O line play and run blocking and pass blocking. So that's why this pick doesn't make sense. Rashad Penny's great. He's a good player. He might be the next Marshall Falk, who also came out of San Diego State. <laughs> However, the pick doesn't make sense, similar to what Austin and I were talking about with Barkley. Yeah. I have a big question to address for all of you guys. Um, the Seahawks traded down to the number 27 pick. Four spots above them at 23. The Patriots went with Isaiah Wynn, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Do you guys think that the Seahawks had a game plan to take Isaiah Wynn at 27, and then as soon as the Patriots took Isaiah Wynn, their game plan kind of fell apart, and they were like, well, we're just going to take something else that we need and focus on taking a lineman later in the draft? Or do you think that all along – they said, we're going to trade down, get some more value, and then take Rashad Penny. So John Snyder, in an interview that he had with the NFL Network, said that if they didn't get a trading partner at 18, they were going to take Penny at 18. So they were really high on Penny, and they liked him. And I don't un- completely understand the reason. And I know a lot of people say, I wish they would have traded back into the second round, which I do too. I think they should have stockpiled draft picks. However, there is multiple reports that the Cleveland Browns were going to take Penny with their uh, first pick in the second round which would have been before whenever Seattle yeah. picked. So I understand why they liked him, 
I understand why they wanted him, and I understand that he's a good player. He just wasn't the right player to pick in that situation. And I don't know, the Seahawks, let's look at the rest of the draft where they took Rasheem Green, the defensive end at USC. I think he led USC in sacks with 10.5 and, and had 12 tackles for loss. Um, you got Will Disley, the tight end out of Washington, which, you know, it's, it's an all right pick. You need a tight end. It's a blocking tight end. Um, you know, we've tried having tight ends with great hands like our wide receiver, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Couldn't really utilize that one as yep. best as we could. Uh, the Shaquem Griffin pick, and guys, this one, this most one, exciting. you like that pick? I think that's the most exciting just because, you know, brothers is brothers, you know, playing together. It's more heartfelt on for a team. You could probably bring more, you know, positive vibes to the community and to the team, you know, just to make them produce. I'm better. excited about this one too, Peyton. Are you? Yeah. I'm he, he's cool. a feel-good story. He's yeah, got, exactly. He's missing I'm, a hand. Man. I want to win. He dominated feel at stories, UCF. Feel-good stories don't win. Why can't we go draft a linebacker who played on the actual national champion team, not the makeup national champion team? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I want winners too, and that's exactly what Griffin is. You look at UCF before him and his brother were there. You look at them after. How many games did they win? They went undefeated last year, and the year before that, they were an, uh, they were a high bowl team. I think they made it to a BCS bowl. So when you look at Griffin, he's a great player, and he's fast. His forty time is a four three eight at linebacker. Didn't he break that record or something like that? That's a, combine. It it's unheard high. of. Yeah. With one arm, he bench pressed twenty five two hundred and twenty five pounds like twenty four times, twenty five times. That's insane. He's a quality player now. When you look at him, his hips are inflexible. He needs to work on that. He's going to have to be a special teams guy early on, but he gives you someone who can rush the edge, and I like it. I like. I think he's a good pick. I think he's someone who could work well with Frank Clark on the opposite side. If Cliff Averill is able to come back healthy, he could work. I like the pick. Yeah, he's a feel-good story, but I like him more as a player than I do as a feel-good story. And I get it. He, he had a great combine. He ran fast without pads on. Uh, he did all the shuttles. He bench pressed with the attachment and stuff. But are we sacrificing potential interceptions and tackles here with this pick? I mean, that that's what worries me is, you know, is the ball going to come right as chest and it's going to get deflected down? Or is he going to miss tackles in the open field? When, when that gets proven to me, that's when I'm going to like this pick. So let's not forget, Brian Urlacher is a great linebacker that we've been talking about. And he played safety, I believe, in college. When you look at him and Griffin, Griffin has more interceptions than Brian Erlacher does, and Erlacher played safety. When you're looking at Griffin, Griffin can catch the ball with one hand. That's all you need. And sometimes, yeah, he can use two, and that'll be fine. He'll use the nub um, to help him out. And he's a good player. He knows how to rush the edge. He's fast. He can cover when he needs to. I like the pick. I think you're looking at his hand and judging that he's not going to be a quality player when I think if you look at his full body of work you can see that he's a solid prover a proven winner he's gonna go out he's gonna rush to the edge and he can play the run he's a good solid running uh, linebacker I'm just worried about the potential I, I know he's incredibly athletic he can body up guys you know you can him in the open field he can lead with the shoulder all that sort of stuff but you know, you you understand how frustrating it is when a defensive player, Sherman, when the ball comes his way and it hits off his hands and falls to the ground, we all say, oh, that's the reason he plays DB and not wide receiver. We need those interceptions. We got to get the ball in our offense's hands. I mean, it's it's such it's it's the better. I don't know. That's, that's 
I want a guy who's going to be able to get picks. I want mm-hmm. a guy who's going to make all the tackles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he proves this to me, I will take everything back that I say about Shaquem Griffin. Right now, I'm questioning it. I think it's a PR stunt. Guys, we took a punter in the fifth round. <laughs> you guys realize that? <laughs> Another bad I did, pick. yes. You don't like the pick? No, because punters are very easy to replace and get. And they're, I don't, are they that expensive to pick up? I don't think so. So Michael Dixon, I think, won the MVP in his bowl game over – during bowl season, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he punted. He had five punts for like 180 yards, all of which he pinned inside the 10. The guy's got apparently like a magic foot, and he's nasty. <laughs> MLS. But, but I, I, I don't know. I don't agree with taking a punter. I, I'm on your side, Jordan. I don't think you draft a punter. I think there's plenty of punters that you can go out and sign as free agents, and and they're going to be fine. So. I'm I'm against drafting a punter in the fifth round. The Seahawks traded up seven spots and gave away a seventh round pick just to get this punter in the fifth round. I don't really have an opinion on it. I don't know enough about the guy because, yeah. quite honestly, I don't care about punters in college. <laughs> I agree with both of you guys. I think you can just get a punter in the NFL whenever punter you want. Too. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know why you trade up to get the guy even. Yeah. But uh, Will, what are you thinking about this pick? Clearly, you guys are forgetting how many touchdowns punters score (laughs) when you don't look at this pick. No, I'm just kidding. This pick is basically the end of John Ryan is why they took him here. They realize they can get Michael Dixon for dirt cheap, and right now I think they have the most expensive punter uh, in the league. So this is the end of John Ryan. They're getting rid of him. They're freeing themselves up some salary cap space. I don't get the pick. I don't know why you did it in the fifth round. I don't know why you would even draft a punter. You could probably get him at the end, or yeah. you could get the second best in free agency. Well, you said you said they got him for dirt cheap. They traded away a pick just to move up and get him. I know. And so it wasn't dirt cheap. You traded away a pick. A I seventh don't rounder. It. I don't get what? A seventh rounder, correct? Yeah, a seventh rounder, sure. But I mean, a guy who's don't, probably not going to make final roster cuts. Which well, that seventh, you never well, know. That seventh round pick was a quarterback who we picked up at Florida International, the second quarterback that we drafted in the Pete Carroll era, which is a great segue into my next thing. Is this guy actually going to do anything besides call the plays on the sideline? Well, I think we're all in agreement, though, that a draft pick is more valuable than taking a punter in the draft. I mean, come on. I mean, they must have really liked the guy. I, yeah, you must have. I'm like, you I don't know really much about him. but You can like a punter, sure, but don't yeah. draft him. <laughs> I agree with you, Austin. I don't think it's a smart pick. And then to touch on your point, uh, Peyton, Yes, Alex McGonna is going to do a lot more. He's going to get them water, too. And he'll do some play call signals. So don't hate on him. He's going to be just great. He's already practicing in the mirror right now, figuring out the play calls. And he's going to be a backup if he makes the team at all. And he's just there to fill a roster spot. And hopefully Russell Wilson doesn't die because their O-line lets a bajillion guys through and lets him get smacked in the mouth every single play. Can I just say something real quick? I think John Schneider is the guy that plays fantasy football and takes a kicker in the first round just because it's the Seattle kicker, you know? Why, no. why, take, why take a punter? I don't get it. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't like the punter pick. I, I think that, you know, you can even sign a punter. You can, exactly. You can sign a crappy punter, and even a crappy punter in the NFL is a decent punter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's look at uh, UW had Dante Pettis go oh, yeah. to the 49ers in, what, the second round? Yeah. Second round pick? Yeah. I, I don't think Dante Pettis is going to make that big of an impact on that team, but he's – you know, uh, he's a, he's a flashy guy. He's he's a speed monster. He's someone who can be a dynamic threat on the ground. 
Can he catch and run with uh, the passes that Jimmy G is going to be throwing his way? Is he going to be mainly a kick returner? Austin, what do you think about the Dante Pettis pick? So I was uh, getting home from uh, grocery shopping the other day, and I sat down just in time to watch this pick, and me and my roommate were sitting there on the couch, and I heard the name Dante Pettis, and I didn't register what was going on until, like, Five seconds later, I didn't realize the 49ers were taking Dante Pettis, one of my favorite players of all time out of UW. And then I got goosebumps. I got chills from them taking them, taking him in the second round. We but have then, a Niners <laughs> fan in here. <laughs> but then it automatically hit me like right away. Why would the 49ers take him this early? I don't think it was good to go with him in the second round. If they really wanted him that badly, I mean, didn't they even trade up to get him in this spot? I, I, I think they did. Um, but... I don't know why he went in the second round. I'm glad for the guy. I love the guy out of UW, but, and he is a difference maker, I'll say, on special teams for sure. I mean, breaking records in college, that's a big thing. But I don't think he's worth the, again, like I'll hit on, like I did earlier, tra- uh, pick value. At number 44 overall, I didn't see Dante Pettis having that much value in the draft. And, I yeah, I think this is a weird pick for the Niners. Yeah. Unless they really see that Dante Pettis can outrun every DB. He's skinny. Yeah. He's small. He's going to get crushed in this league. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they only plan on using him as a punt returner or a kick returner, mm-hmm. but drafting a kick returner at 44 is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they plan on using him as a wide receiver. Yeah. And I don't know. I think he's too small. He's fast, but Reggie Bush was fast, and he, he got fast, absolutely the, the obliterated. The defenders are also fast. They're a yeah. lot faster than the college guys, and, and I think bigger. he'll realize that. I think that I think Pettis might get broken in half out there and – in a, in a tough division where he's got to play against the Rams twice, he's got to mm-hmm. play against the Seahawks twice, got to play against, I mean, we'll see what the Cardinals do this year. They're the one wild card, but yeah. it seems like the Rams might run away with it. Guys, after the draft, is there any teams that you think just automatically bump up their stock and look like they're going to be better favorites to make it further in the playoffs, maybe go to the Super Bowl? Denver Broncos, for sure. I mean, that's that's got to be a given. They just upgraded their defense completely with Bradley Chubb. Again, like we said earlier, Von Miller on the other side. I'm going to be very scared of the Denver defense, especially come playoff time. Uh, i got to agree with you, Austin. Uh, I think that Denver defensive line is going to be scary for anybody they're playing. Yeah. Um, but Denver also needs to improve that offense. They really still don't have a quarterback. And so until that happens, until they become more balanced on the offensive and defensive, until they can totally dominate a game, not to say their defense will not dominate because I really think they will, but until they get that offense back up to where it used to be with Peyton Manning, even though it really wasn't that good with Peyton Manning (laughs) either, but uh, for one year it was. But the Super Bowl winning season, Peyton was pretty pedestrian. Yeah. When I look at it, and I, I know I hate it on their first pick, and Denzel Ward isn't my favorite pick in that number four, I still think Cleveland Brown, the Cleveland Browns did the most that they could. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Heck no. They don't have a chance. I do think they'll win more games, though, and I think they'll be more relevant. They finally won't be picking first, probably second, but, you know, good for them. <laughs> they, I, As much as I don't like the Baker Mayfield pick, now they have their franchise quarterback. They believe they have their guy. They have good wide receivers in Landry and in Gordon, and they went out and got a good defensive corner. They have some solid defensive players. They have a good uh, D-line with Miles Garrett, so... When I look at it, I think they are on the right path. I think they will have to fire their head coach, and I think Dorsey is going to take this team in the direction that he wants to. So I'm excited to see what they do. So hopefully they can uh, win two or three games, which is what I'm predicting, and they are kind of winners in this draft in a sense, but you won't really pay attention to it because they're going to be 3-13 and 13 or 2-14. and 14. Yeah. Yes, a few teams I'm pretty excited to see this season are, you know, the up-and-coming, you know, as we saw, the Jaguars, 
Okay. They did good last season, and they did good during this draft. And some of their picks they have, you know, they're still trying to build that Seahawks-minded like defense is what they're trying to do. I'm really excited to see them produce. And I'm also excited to see the L.A. Rams, you know. They're looking pretty high, even though they traded away one of their all-star, you know, wide receivers and, um, and Trayvon Austin, you know. They still have players that can take that position. And, you know, they, once again, that's another team that relies on their defense mainly. So I feel like they'll be another exciting team, especially coming out in the West. With that, we're coming down the final stretch of Sunday Sports Central. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about baseball. After about an hour talking about the NFL draft, big news, you know, and we'll see guys getting signed here soon, and we'll see teams start developing spring ball and then training camp coming around. The NFL, it's already starting to unfold. It gets here before you know it. Mm -hmm. Coming up next, right after this, we got some baseball to talk about. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for staying with us so far. 20 more minutes left in Sunday Sports Central on 881 The Berg.